You ready, bitch? Maybe. Just press the damn button. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what we trust will be a fantastic episode of the Raiders Fan Radio Rundown. A little RFR Rundown coming to you, uh, not live, but pre-recorded on a Wednesday evening. I appreciate everybody that's joining us tonight on the YouTubes at youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate all of you that are in the chat. Uh, even though we, we're, uh, we're not doing this thing live, we always love to go back and read your chat. Uh, so definitely uh, post that stuff up there and, uh, and and keep it busy in there. We want to know all your opinions uh, about a lot of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, um, which is really not going to be a ton. Um, there are a handful of things we're going to get into. Um, not a ton of Raider news. It's kind of no. kind of desolate right now. Um, but anyways, but appreciate you uh, dipping in and watching anyways. And also those of you that are listening um, via your audio uh, podcast service. And uh, if you want to listen to us on the audio podcast, all you got to do is search for Raiders Fan Radio on uh, Spotify. You can find us on, uh, what else, Jeff? How, how about how, how yeah, I blank on that? Apple, Google. Uh, Pandora. Pandora, Amazon Music, uh, all the things. Yeah, ask your internet connected device to play Raiders Fan Radio, and it will. And so we appreciate you doing that very much. And while you're there, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit a thumbs up. Hit, throw in a review. Just press the damn button. Please, because anything that you do helps uh, promote the show. And with 100% of the money that we get via advertising, and we've got a new advertising partner coming yep. on that I can't announce tonight, uh, along with some other stuff we've got to announce too. But before we get to all that, uh, thank you to all of you for joining us. And I want to thank the man joining me to my right, the gentleman that adorns the Western Annex of the Merce Fan Cave Desk. He is the one and only Swag Jeff. You're gonna. I thought you were gonna go styling and profiling. Oh, there it is, man. Woo! I was letting you get your applause break in. Oh, is that what you were doing? Yeah, I was. I was doing that. Uh, We probably should have workshopped that before we went live. Yeah, well, we've just been playing around here for a little bit, you know. Playing around. Yeah, I've been having some fun with it. We've had a blast, Jeff and I. I've got it written down here. We're gonna talk about it in a minute. Uh, We've got a really fun. I thought this trivia question that that used to be relevant back in the day, like maybe like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Sure. And uh, and so we kind of looked at the updated version of the trivia question, and we're going to run it by you guys tonight. It's a lot of fun. And it's it's very NFL-centric, but it's got a lot of Raider flavor to it. So That's right. I uh, look forward to talking about that. But anyways, Swaggo. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, well, you know, we can't, we're not going to do an RFR Live uh, this week because, you know, it's the it's the off-season, so we go every other week. But, you know, but we always want to try to bring you a little something. You know, we, something. we yeah, we always got to hang out with our boys and girls, right? Absolutely. And we're, we're uh, frankly, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Okay. Yeah. We're yeah. off until the 15th of Perfect. RFR live of the, the RFR yeah, proper show. Yeah, man. Uh, we're going to take off to the 15th. We're just going to catch a little bit of a break here. And while everything's kind of wound down um, as the NFL season officially winds down and closes off, uh, kicks off the 2023 season, Jeff on March 15th. Yes. That's when probably they're going to start getting news around, former players that have been signed other places and all that kind of stuff. So we think that'd be a good time to rekindle it. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, at least for our purposes around here, not only we're going to get going to kick off the league season, but we're also going to kick off what is affectionately referred to as the summer of swag by the kids. We're going to do a little spring of swag and get our fundraising kicked off early Yep, for 2023 for the one nation foundation. And uh, since you're rocking the sweatshirt tonight, why don't you uh, tell them all about it? Yeah. Yeah. Tell them about the foundation as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah so we realized. What, what are we doing on the 15th? Well, yeah. Like all, that. all that stuff. So, yeah. So we realized all the money that we can make. We, we didn't need to, you know, you know, uh, we didn't need extra income and we decided we wanted to give every cent of that away. So we started the One Nation Foundation back in 2020. We we made a couple donations to the Bolitnikoff folks and we were like, let's just do it right. You know, so we started an official nonprofit, the One Nation Foundation. And a couple summers ago in, you know, in fundraising efforts, we decided to create the Summer of Swag. So the Summer of Swag is is all summer long. We raffle off live on our show, different signed Raider stuff and all that. Well, you know, Swag's coming a little bit early. It's it's going to be the springtime swag as well. Swag, yeah, swags the claws is coming oh, early. Oh, that's year. right, that's right. So so yeah, and we got a good one to kick it off. Oh yeah, we got a good one to kick oh, it off. So I, I've got right that. here in my hands. I've got an away Devonte Adams signed jersey with the Beckett certificate of authenticity right there with it. So so yeah, so March fifteenth. So the beginning of the new league year is the beginning of the fundraising year for the for the One Nation Foundation, and so we're going to kick it off big. Our goal this year is fifteen thousand dollars so so and and we're gonna talk about that a little bit because you know we kind of you know Murph, Murph is always a little skeptical about this stuff right so <laughs> so Murph is always like oh no man can we get there can we get there well you know he wasn't sure if we were gonna get to eight last year and we got to 10 so you know so so that's great and fantastic and all that stuff well this year we made the decision to go you know what we're gonna d- double in 10 is 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 tough. It's really it's tough. tough. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of damn money. So we said, you know what? We'll just, we'll just, we'll up it another five and we're going to, we're going to make our goal $15,000 this year. And, you know, it seemed way out there a little bit. You know, we were going to really have to bust our ass with this fundraising stuff, all that. Well, now it seems Come a lot on. more, it seems a lot more, uh, yeah, it seems a lot more like we're going to get that. And Maybe even more, you know, who knows? So, so, uh, so I posted yesterday on Twitter that we had a major, major announcement and, uh, got here to the fan cape today and said, we couldn't actually officially announce who it was, but, uh, but I can just say that we have a global brand and official corporate sponsor of the one nation foundation. So, so much respect to you. You know who you are and soon everyone else here will know who it is as well. So, so much respect, but you know, this, this little dinky thing that we do, man, this, this, and then this one nation foundation stuff. It's getting big time, man. We're getting recognized by some big time folks, and this is this is going to be legendary. It's gonna it's gonna change literally everything. Yeah, it is. We've got, um, and I wish we could tell you more about it. And I and I'm not a fan of people going like, "Oh, here's a thing," but we can't tell you about it yet. Like being a big tease about it. We would Jeff and I want to and tell you everything. I have a hat in my bag of what it is. <laughs> we want to tell you what it is, but but we can't because we, and we want to respect their partnership and respect their requests, and they want to make sure that once the the contribution is finalized, that at that point we can announce who they are and use their logos as branding and whatnot for us. And so, um, but yeah, it's a big one, and and not only is it big time for the foundation for us because of who they are what they represent and what they're going to do for our foundation. But that also opens up the doors for us to approach other companies as well, because we'll be able to take uh, the credibility and the legitimacy that we're going to get from having this, this, this large uh, brand behind us uh, to be able to approach others. And so we look forward to future corporate sponsorships. We've also got, I want to give respect uh, to, uh, I don't have the official respect tonight, but I want to give respect to your company, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, can I call him out by, by name? Sure. Okay that? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, McGriff tire down in, uh, down in Alabama, their headquarters down in Alabama. Um, they, uh, Jeff went to his national sales meeting, um, this year and, uh, 
and y'all did some fundraising and, and raised a couple thousand dollars that yeah. day. Give yourself applause yeah. for that. Not only for the efforts of Swag Jeff down there, um, talking to his peers and his bosses and whatever, but they came through. And like the people that uh, are in ownership and, and leadership at McGriff Tire challenged your your team to freaking help you raise some money and you raised a couple grand, dude. So so much, much respect to the McGriff folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the McGriff family and all that. They've been around since 1948. Uh, family-owned company. We've got like 15 locations and stuff like that but uh and a couple here in middle tennessee so so yeah so much respect to them you know their their big uh their big slogan and the thing that they hang on to is what are you doing when no one's watching right so so what do you what extra things are you doing not only for the company and for the greater good but but for your community and stuff like that so so he actually one of our bosses stood up and said jeff will you please tell us about the one nation foundation and then they uh they posted out a thing on on uh this past Saturday and said, Hey, I'm going to challenge every one of you salesmen. Let's get Jeff to a thousand dollars tonight for the one nation foundation. And they doubled it. They, right they on, doubled man. it. That's so, awesome. so yeah, so much respect to, to my peers, my coworkers, and of course the owners and, and management of my company. Uh, yeah, it, it was, it was very overwhelming. Just, uh, you know, I was flooded with emotion as the kids say, you know, just <laughs> yeah. cause I mean, cause it's, it's really cool to see that, you know, your coworkers can also kind of be like an extended family to you and stuff like that. And just yeah. willing to help out, reach out all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, so much, much respect, much respect. We appreciate them very, very much. And, you know, and, and listen, you know, there's, of course there is a lot of Raider fans in Alabama cause of Kenny Stabler, well, of course. Uh, which we're going to talk about that connection here in a minute. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of the response that I've gotten from people that are out, outside the Raiders fan radio or even one nation foundation sphere is that the people that have supported the one nation foundation had nothing to do with the Raiders right. aren't even Raider fans that just know us and, you know, want to help our cause. And so, um, and I've had peers as well that just recently that have, that have said like, yeah, whatever you guys got going on, like I'm in it. Yep. So really appreciate those folks. And so anyways, all right. There's all of our housekeeping behind the One Nation Foundation. We'll see you on the 15th for sure for a live show. We'll have Michelle yes. back in here. Maybe even QB Jeff back in here. We'll do the, the giveaway uh, on that Devontae Adams jersey, and that's going to be a, a fun, fun time. And, and in the also, hey, before sure. before yeah, we move yeah, yeah, on, yeah. before we move on, so we've still got one of these balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, so back in December, we got this thing signed. Uh, it's a uh, Raiders football. If you're on the audio, it's a Raiders football, and it's signed by uh, the likes of uh, Chris McDonald, Shooter McGavin. You've got got uh, Marcus Allen, you've got Lincoln Kennedy, you got George Atkinson, Fred Bolitnikov, Greg Townsend, Rod Martin, Jim Plunkett. It's it's awesome, man. And so we're asking for 2500 bucks for these balls. And one of them is already spoken for. So the one right here, wherever it is, it, that, one's, that one's gone. It's spoken for. So we still got one of these things left. So if you want to pool your money with your buddies, do whatever you got to do, let's get this thing 2500 bucks, man. And, you know, I mean, it's a one-of-a-kind literally it's, one of it's it's, it's a two of two is really what right, it is yeah. so you know and and we're we're going to be working on getting this thing authenticated next month with uh with the JSA folks and i mean it's just incredible you know these these balls that have all three super bowl mvps on it i mean i mean they start at a couple grand. They start at a couple grand. And then, oh, yeah, we've got other legends on there. All-time sack leader. All-time, you know, movie star and shooter <laughs> McGavin. You know, Lincoln Kennedy, you know, who, you know, is now super involved in the Raiders and, and the Bolitnikoff Foundation and all that stuff. So get in the mix with this, man. Like, this is this is seriously, like, this is incredible. My favorite thing that we've ever gotten signed. Hey, man. Oh, totally. you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, good stuff there, Swag Jeff. All right, let's get a break. And then uh, I got an idea. Let's talk about the Raiders. Let's do that. 
Hi, this is AJ Cole from the Las Vegas Raiders, and you're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Just win, baby. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Will Compton. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with my boys, Murph, Swaggy Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Tune in because they f***ing put out a banger podcast. Well, speaking of busting with the oh. boys and, and, uh, and, our, and our buddy, Will Compton, uh, really fantastic timing on the release of this podcast, most recently by these guys. Um, it's funny. Somebody said not long ago we were doing one of these and they're like, Hey, it's a podcast about a podcast, right? There yeah, you go. Yeah. So like, so that's literally what we're doing today. Um, we're going to actually talk about a couple different podcasts. Yeah. Um, we're going to save you playing, uh, the entirety of a bunch of clips. Like we kind of normally do. Normally we'll just play a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm going to save you that, but I'll, we're just going to go ahead and kick it off with this. Um, a lot of good information came. So the, the, the boys went to Vegas, yep. sat down with our GM, Dave Ziegler, and talk to him for two hours, man. Yeah, and it's, fresh off of a trip to Legoland. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and it's a great interview. These guys have, uh, and I tweeted them this yesterday. Um, they've not lost the spirit of their show. It's no. still dick and fart jokes and silliness and all that stuff. But they really have become good interviewers. Absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if I can be proud of these guys, but like. I'm very proud of where they've come as, as broadcasters. You know what I mean? Totally. And like, they're, while they're, again, they're still silly, but still maintain like, you know, like, like Will was like hitting like some follow-up questions and stuff where like Taylor was almost like backing out of like, like the conversation. And then Will would be like, Oh no, what, like, what about this? And then the, right. it's it fantastic. Anyway. So brag on those guys. Great job. Um, also RIP Taylor Lewan, fly high King. Yeah. Um, sorry. He, you know, he died again. Yeah, well, you know, he could rise again in silver and black, Amen. you know, because because of, of those ties with Dave, man. So so if you haven't checked that out yet, so spoiler alert, uh, Dave Ziegler was actually uh, Taylor Lewan's guidance counselor and high school special teams coach. So and he really helped Taylor kind of get his shit together a little bit before he Sounds moved like, on to yeah. that next level, yeah. you know, before he accepted his scholarship to Michigan and all that stuff. So, you know, so, so the Titans released Taylor Lewan today, but you know, he could, he could rise again. You know, I, I think he can play right tackle. I don't know. You know, I've heard, I've heard uh, offensive linemen describe it as this, is that going from left side to right or right to left, it's not like going guard to center. You know what I mean? Or guard to guard. It's not like that. It's not as translatable. Like, you know, like I just heard today about um, Philly because they're talking about uh, whether Jason Kelsey is going to retire and how they have a guy playing guard who's going to step in and be the next center for Jason Kelsey, or he's just going to continue to be their guard. Right. It's kind of interchangeable a little bit more, but I've always heard it described to me in the past, switching from a left to a right at the tackle spot or vice versa is like trying to get up in the morning and do everything with the other hand. Yeah. It's like trying to write with your opposite hand try, or yeah, something or like that. Brush your teeth and get right. like do all that kind of stuff. So like, so I don't know how versatile it, it is for a guy like Taylor. It's ain't like Madden where you can just flip him over there. Um, and like what they talked about in the interview too, is that like in the old days, your left tackle was your finesse guy. Your right tackle was your grinder, your run guy. Your you know now it's a little more hybrid because you got because you got Joey Bosa on one side and Khalil Mack on the other. Right, so you know what I'm saying. So like you got to deal with that kind of stuff. So it's not as much defined. And so Taylor's skill set works on the right side, but I don't know 
if he like is comfortable in doing that. And I mean, look, I know he's had, unfortunately, a couple of ACLs, but someone's going to pay him to be a left tackle. Like I, I feel sure. like there's somebody out there that needs a left tackle enough and will probably get him on not a discount per se, but a, certainly a shitload less than what he's getting oh, ready to I make. Would, with I, would, I would say you know? a discount. So you know? I don't know if that works for the Raiders or not. I think that the, I mean, the tea leaves all line up. You know what I mean? Like buddies with Will, who's obviously a freaking ride or die for the Raiders. Um, which another thing they talked about was that whole, like, you know, playoff Willie and yep. how they were thinking about bringing him back, but they wanted to wait until you're actually in the playoff contention. All right. that kind of stuff. Um, but so the connection to the Raiders through will the connection he has personally with Dave, the air the, you know, the, the place that Taylor's in his career, the need for the Raiders for a tackle. Like there's a lot of things that kind of line up the fact that they can get him for less than, you would normally pay for a Taylor one type player. Sure. So there are a lot of things that make sense, but you got that one big piece in there is canny. You know what I mean? Sure. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting question. I will say this. If there's a way or a world where this happens, if there's a world where Taylor, you know, is confident in his ability to play that side, I don't know how that affects his knee switching to the other side. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things. Might give that, that knee a break. Maybe it does. Maybe there's a, maybe it's a good thing. So anyways, but say there's a world where this happens to me, he is the de facto follow-up to what I know they're different people and different, but like he's the Richie incognito. hundred percent. He's yes. the guy with some freaking dog in him. He not afraid of backing down from a fight. We'll mm-hmm. talk shit like the best of yep. them right to that your dude goddamn is a face. Raider. Taylor Lewan is a goddamn Raider, man. Like he is like, and I've thought this for a long time. Oh yeah. We are long yeah. before we ever even met him and any of that kind of stuff due to just like the quirkiness of his personality. Like he's got Raider written all, he is a total throwback, not only football player, but Raider. I it would be awesome. Now again, far-fetched probably if it's going to happen, Yeah, but Hey man, he's got to go to 31. It's got 31 shots at somebody getting them. And right. How well, many we need offensive have, line help. That's what I'm saying, man. You know? So, you know, so why not? You know, even if he's, even if he can't fully play right tackle, if he can be a rotational piece, you know what I mean? Like, would he go to guard? Like, I wonder how left I, guard know, works. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. Because we know? need those too. We need all of the things, you know? I mean, there's talk about, you know, maybe Andre James getting let go. You know, I, I don't think Taylor would ever play. He's not big enough to play center. He's not a center. You know, no. he's not a center by any means. But we need rotational pieces. You know, we saw how quickly our offensive line just disappeared, you know, at the beginning of the season and stuff like that. Injuries, you know, cuts, all that kind of stuff. You know, guys freaking retiring right before the season starts. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, you need guys in that room. And so if Taylor's a guy that can just, you know, step in, you know, if Colt Miller goes down, you know, there he is ready to go. You know, if he jumps over to guard when someone's, you know I mean? I feel like, yes, it's probably difficult, but he's a freaking pro, man. Like, Taylor could probably jump in and do a lot of different things. That's a good point. Probably because he's, he's a freak, man. He's talented. Oh my gosh. Like, that's what Dave says in the, in their interview. They kind of do a scouting report yeah. uh, on, on, on uh, Will and Taylor. And you know, he's what he says. He's like, you just, he's incredibly athletically gifted. So I'm sure he could do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, it, it just, again, it's a matter of want to like, is he, is he at that point in his career where he doesn't feel like he has to be the guy? Like when, 
Incognito came over to the Raiders. He wasn't in that spot where it was like he had to be the guy. He had a role to fill. He had a role to fill, and it was yeah. a lot of it was leadership and guidance and all that. And so if Taylor is at that point in his career, I don't know. He's only 31 years old, but he's got the two ACL. So maybe that accelerates it by age. Because normally you wouldn't think about a player, especially an alignment, getting to that point until they're 33, 4, 5 years old. Sure. That's around the time that you're like, okay, I'm just going to come in here. I'm going to, you know, be a, you know, an extension of the coaching staff and a mentor and those types of things. I is mean, he, yeah. is he there yet? I don't know. And that'd be a question. Well, he's for a Compton esque kind of player as well. You know, we've always talked about, you know, our boy, will that, you know, he was brought in not to be a, you know, not to wear the green dot in 2019. He was coming. He came in to freaking bring the boys together, you know? So, I mean, he was, you know, I think, uh, Ziegler called him like a lunch pail guy yeah, 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 or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that, you know, guy to just to bring everybody together, all that stuff. So Taylor could fit into that role as well. I mean, are you kidding me? He's hilarious. He, He's, you know, total glue guy, all about the team, all for the boys, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you could totally bring a guy in and do all that kind of stuff and get an offensive lineman at a discounted rate that is proven that he can be a freaking beast in this league. Like, I mean, why the hell not? Why not? Yeah, well, I, I, I think the only reason, and, and we'll move on from it and get to some of the Dave Ziegler specific stuff. I think the only reason I would say it is this, Jeff. I just don't know if he's there in his career yet. Like, you know what I mean? Is he ready to be not the guy, not the stalwart left tackle, the Lincoln Kennedy, the freaking Trent Williams, the, when he's, is he at that point where he's ready to, you know, I think he, I think he is. Cause I think he's, I think he right now is, unless he got the right situation, which I think the Raiders were probably one of those guys with all of his ties with Will and Dave and all that kind of stuff. But I think he'd also just be content to podcast all the time. You know, I think he's at that point in his career too. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's still that dog in him. That, you know, of course he still wants to ball, but, you know. He's if he got, could do both. If he could do both and Dave, I mean, hell, Dave Ziegler's freaking been on the podcast. Max has been on the podcast. You think they're gonna not going to let him go record or do his thing, whatever? So, yeah, so you get a team that's, you know, understands and knows what he does in his personal time, you know, as you know, and then bring this guy in knowing that up front, like shit. I mean, why not? You know, yeah. but, but you know, because if not, he might just be ready to go. Okay. Hello, Barstool. I'm a full-time employee now. You know what I mean? He might. I mean, I think that, the, and I really want to get off this because I want to just make this all about those two guys, but like, but, but comp made those comments to us about like doing the podcast and all that stuff that like, his handshakes feel different when he's in the league when he's at And so he knew his time was coming to a close. And so he wanted to not be in the NFL because of the podcast, but he knew the benefit of the next step of his career, the longer he was able to play. That's just a matter of fact. Sure. I think Taylor might be that same way. And so if, if he could do that and have one compliment, the other, then that makes sense to me. I could, I could, I could see that playing out. That's interesting. All right. Good stuff there. Uh, good, fun conversation anyways, I think about, about Taylor. And, um, so anyways, uh, but let's check in more importantly, let's keep this with about the Raiders that are right. Not the Raiders that are and the Raiders that are, uh, feature Dave Ziegler as our GM, and we'll put it to him about um, kind of about the plan and the expectations and the things going forward. Because as Dave says in this interview, I'm not making decisions out of fear. I'm not going to be scared. I can't be scared of the next step. And and I want to really hit on that here in a second. Um, but first, let's just go ahead and jump into the comments here about the expectations and the and the plan. Oh, like 
the fear of failure, like not being able, not being able to have that close to you, because I'm sure a decision like that was obviously a huge one. Like the external noise out there, everybody questioning stuff, why this late, all this stuff. It's kind of one of those things where you're, you know, being true, I guess, yourself in that philosophy of like, this could, this is a very difficult decision, but I'm going to go with my gut here and, you know, move forward with it. Yeah, those are, I mean, like I said, those are... Because um, I'm sure you, it's, it's like a fire you immediately kind of feel like you, you kind of hear it all, whether or not you want to separate it. It's like, yeah. well, this is going to be massive once yeah. it gets out. Yeah, you and, and I'd be lying if I said you don't hear it all. You know what I mean? Or most of it, like you do. <laughs> it's hard not to hear, you know, on any of the decisions that you make. And so, yeah, you just got to trust, you got to trust your, you know, trust your gut and, and you have to um, be convicted on the decisions that you make and, um, have a plan and a reason for doing it. And I'm not going to get into all that, but you know, there's a plan and a reason for every decision. And, and, um, you know, like ultimately you, you have to, you have to feel like you're making the best decision for the Raiders, whether it's, you know, in the short term or the long term. And, and ultimately that's what, you know, that's what we did in that situation. Yeah. Ma'am, this has been an outstanding podcast. It has. You feel like it elevates, um, the expectation at all when you make a decision like that. It's like, all right, well, now we need to figure out what our next moves are. Whether or not, yeah. again, you're like, I can't go too far into it because it's not like you're going to say what your decisions are going to be. But you make a move like that, it's like, all right, boys, we made this decision. Yeah. Let's figure out the way that we we make sure we end up being right about this. Yeah, that's the reality of it because it's the quarterback. Right. It's the most important position on the team. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And so like, um, yeah, like the, at the end of the day, like I'm in charge of, myself and, you know, our group were in charge of um, filling the most important position on the team. And so, yeah, there's some, you know, there's, um, there's some, uh, there's some pressure that comes along with that. And, and however we fill it, it doesn't mean we're going to have an immediate answer, you know, this year, you know what I mean? And so, um, but at the end of the day, we have to have an answer. Right. You know, in some form or fashion, you know? And so, yeah, there's pressure that comes along with it. And, and, um, Again, that's also part of the excitement too, is that pressure, is finding that guy. All right, Swag there Jeff. So there's the, so there was a, a lot to take in there. A lot to take in there. So let's start off with the collective gasp that was heard from Raider Nation when Dave says, we don't know that we have an immediate, we don't know that we're going to have an immediate answer right. at quarterback. And I think a lot of people uh, we're taken aback by that comment because it was, it came off as, Hey, we're, we're flying from the hip. Um, I didn't read it that way. I didn't either. Uh, I read it as we know with where we were, it wasn't going to get us to where we want to go. So we decided to make a change. It's not that they don't have a plan. It's that he's not going to tell you the entirety of a plan on the freaking podcast. The plan is we have $48 million, a free agency period to go through, and a draft to go through, where which we hold the seventh pick and 10 picks overall. That's the plan. So it's what he's saying is that it's not that there is going to be uncertainty. It's just saying that, like, we look, we, we're, we're going to take a swing. We're going to make our move, and it might not work out. We might move up and go get CJ Stroud and he might suck that. You know what I'm saying? That's what he means by there's not an immediate answer. It's because it's not what that means. Is it like Aaron's not on the way over to the building right now? 
That's an immediate answer. That There are multiple options on the table for them, and they're not sure which one they're going to take yet. That doesn't mean that you don't still make a move. And also what he's talking there about not being scared and not being af- af- afraid. If I see another freaking post on Twitter about, don't you anybody remember what our quarterback situation was like before get Derek? Ready to get back on the carousel. Yeah, get back on it. Yeah, I remember. But that doesn't mean that you don't do something different now. Your past does not inform your present, man. I'm sorry. What was it like before Rich Gannon? I mean, he had Jay Schrader and freaking Mark Wilson and, you know, Hostetler. And like, I mean, you look at the gaps between, you know, Stabler and Plunkett and then, which was not huge, but still, but then Plunkett and Gannon and then Gannon to Carr. Like there was a lot of quarterbacks in there and there is for a lot of teams. Guess what? Kansas City had a freaking playoff team in a playoff caliber quarterback in Alex Smith, and they drafted Patrick Mahomes, and it changed the entire trajectory of their franchise for the next 15 years. Right. So it doesn't mean that you don't take a swing. Carson Wentz was on an MVP path, and they drafted freaking Jalen Hurts in the second round, and it changed the trajectory now for the Eagles for the next, however, definitive future. Just because you don't have something now, it's you, you, you can't rely on the, the past to inform the league evolves. There are different people in place. Like you think about all the, you know, the moves that Al made all the way up to when Derek was drafted, all those quarterbacks, Aaron Brooks and Andrew Walter and Tuyasa Sopo and Jamarcus Russell. Oh, by the way, I was only one drafted quarterback. Everybody else was free agents. All the Mats, Flynn, Schaub, you know, all those guys were all dra- were all free agent signings. Jason Campbell, like you think about, all, uh, yeah, I get the carousel, but that that was a different era. Those were different coaches. That was Al running the team. This is different. It's you got a new regime in there. You got to hold up, let them cook. You got to let them do it. That's you can't it. be afraid of this Raider Nation. What are you afraid of? Like it's going to get worse. Because right. guess what, man? Hey, I got news for you. We hadn't won shit in twenty years, so. Why are you afraid of change? Like, don't be comfortable with the toxic, or not even toxic, but the relationship that you have that's, eh, it's okay. It's it's nice. Mediocre. It's mediocre. We get along okay, and we have some fun every once in a while, but eh, it's just, it's just kind of there. Right. Well, why would you settle for that and not move on in your life and attempt to meet somebody that brings you the utmost joy and brings out the best qualities in you? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's in your job, in your relationships, in anything in your life that's, eh, it's okay. It's pretty good. Well, pretty good is not keeping your job in the NFL. Pretty good does not win you championships. Right. So, then that's, and that's it. Bingo. Take, take, take it away here, Jeff. Yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, mediocrity, it's, it, you, you think the current situation that we had before was going to beat Patrick Mahomes in and out every year? Three no. and fourteen against them, if I remember right. Oh, that's right. That's right. So you know you gotta you gotta remember that what we're playing for. Yes, it was comfortable. You know, ah, oh, you know we we know who it is. We got our guy. He's really nice. You know all this kind of stuff. But he's getting his ass whipped by the by the red and yellow team year in and year out. You know you cool with that because you like the guy. Like, come on, man. You got to be willing to take these swings. And for Ziggler and, you know, McDaniels is, you know, 
He's warranted his fair share of criticism over time. But by the time I was done listening to this podcast and the time I start, you know, got done reading Hondo's article, you know, a couple months ago, whenever that was, like I'm feeling pretty freaking rejuvenated about this front office Me group. Me too, man. You know, and so, you know, but Ziegler's already getting shit for, oh, he's going to drive. He's always going to be a knucklehead. Always going to be an idiot. He's not going to draft the right person. Let's not forget that the first year he didn't draft in the first two rounds. We got Devontae freaking Adams. Like, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and his first draft pick was Dylan Parham, who yeah, was a freaking third round our, starter and right. played pretty freaking good. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, and Zeus White, who was amazing backup running back, all that stuff. The only one that you could maybe question at all, which is stupid as shit, is that people are going, oh, well, the Raiders pick Britton Brown instead of Prosecco or whatever the hell the, oh, the Pacheco. Chief. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. No one else he, did either. It was in the seventh round when yeah, the guy got drafted. And when was that guy going to ever see How many times did Britton Brown see the field? He didn't see the field because guess what? We had the... T- <laughs> The leading, leading rusher, rusher on our freaking exactly. team. No one was getting the ball. So if Pacheco, whatever, got the, you know, if we drafted him, his ass would have been on the bench. Yeah, he would have been on the practice played. squad. Yeah. He would have been traded for, you know, next year's seventh round. But it doesn't matter. But give these guys a chance to fail before you're already pissed off that exactly. they're going to. Yes. You know what I mean? So, so, but back to that interview right there, what he was talking about, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you, Murph. I really think that people really read into that. You know, well, there's not going to be an immediate answer at quarterback. He said, that doesn't mean that there's going to be an immediate. We're going to take our swing. And maybe there is. You know, he talked about hearing all the noise, the people in the building. You know, you can't help it. You're going to hear all that kind of stuff. And the thing, the noise right now and all over Twitter was, you cut our nine-year player. You cut our most tenured Raider player. So we need another guy that's going to come in here for 10 years and be the thing. Well, that might not happen. We might have a guy for four, and then we go draft another rookie quarterback. All that stuff, we've got all these positions that we need to do. So, yes, the quarterback is the most important position in all of pro sports, especially in our sport for our team. But, you know, you take swings, and maybe it works, and maybe it doesn't. That also means that maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't the me- the immediate answer. He may get here and shit the bed. He may get here and just eat a whole bag full of mushrooms and not know what the <laughs> hell's going on. You know, he may need more dark time or whatever the hell he's doing. You know, I don't know. But whatever it is, I trust that Dave Zucker is going to make the right choice yeah. for the Raiders because he has guts, because he's not... You know, drafting scared. He's not going into meetings with Mark scared. He's not talking to Josh scared. This guy's doing what he does best, which is building a freaking football team. And we've seen him do it before in the red and the navy blue. We've seen him bring multiple championships. We've seen him build rosters, all that stuff. Like you said, let this guy freaking cook. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. Like, I mean, look, you know, you can approach this two ways. You can, you can, you can bitch about it. You can focus on the negative side of it, uh, or you can, or you could choose to look at the positive side of it. And we're going to choose to look at the positive side of it until we have a reason not to. Right. And, and year one is not a reason enough not to, you know what I mean? Whether there's been a lot of things that were exposed when certain changes were made and the play calling didn't look as bad as fans thought it was offensive line. Didn't look as bad as fans thought it was defense. Didn't look as bad as, as fans thought it was. There are some certain shit has come to light and things look a little bit different now. So knowing that let's give them an opportunity to fail. Now, if they go in and 
Mayock and Gruden up a few drafts, then you'll hear us on this show bitching about these guys. And if being they like, do that this draft, you know, right, it might yeah, be yeah, the time yeah. for, you know, Mark Davis is, you know, he's not getting any younger. He's getting embarrassed year in and year out. You know, if this team isn't going to bring some immediate success or at least like, like the future's looking Ascend, so bright, we got to yeah, wear shades yeah, kind of yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Like, then, okay, sorry, you're out. We got to move on to the next one. Because Mark Davis is also taking big swings. Because he want, you know, I mean, if he wanted the comfortable, safe pick, like what everyone's freaking out about our quarterback situation, then they would have kept Passaccia, you know? And sure, that was great yeah. and fine and wonderful. And it was cool. Do we think that Basaccia was going to bring us to the promised land year in and year out when you had some free agent coaches and GMs and all this stuff? Maybe not. Maybe so. We'll not, you know, I, you know, like Kanye West said, I guess we'll never know. But, you know, you got to swing for the fences. You got to swing for the fence. And you know what? Look at, and Rich Basaccia, we love him to death. Absolutely. I love him to death. He was incredibly kind to us when we got a chance to meet him at the Unbelievably. Foundation. Yeah. Incredibly kind. We know the, the rapport he has with his, with his players. So this is not a shit talk at all. No. But he's a special teams coordinator in Green Bay. There you Nobody go. else wanted him as a head coach either. There and you so go. you have to consider that like, and it doesn't mean that McDaniels is going to be a great head coach. We don't know. I think it's still up in the air. Some guys are just better coordinators than they are head coaches. There are people like Norv Turner that are some of the greatest offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. Look at all the guys that have come out of New England, Romeo Crennel and Charlie Weiss. And sure. These guys were phenomenal coordinators and stunk it up as head coaches. I'm not saying that McDaniels isn't prone to that yet, but you can't make that decision up in your mind. You're one that that's it. Look it, Jared Stidham, who was also on a, uh, the podcast got recorded last year after the Niner game. Right. But I just got wind of it here just this last week. It's called the QB room and it's hosted by Jordan Palmer and Kyle Allen from the Texans. And they bring in quarterbacks and they, it's really nerdy football stuff. Like oh, yeah. A lot of it's like super X's and O's kind of stuff and whatever. I love that stuff. Concepts and routes and all these different things and signals and terms that I never even heard before. I was just like, whoa, like you really get a good insight. Yeah, it was insight. cool. It was cool. So Stidham is on there and he's talking about what, what are the things like that he learned when he was in New England and what has he taken now over to, to the Raiders coming over with McDaniels. First off, he talked about how thankful he was that McDaniels went out and got him right away. Yep. Um, but he was like, you know, when I was there with Tom, it was like Tom's 17th year in the system it was Brian Hoyer's like ninth year in the system. He got up to three years in this four years in the system, whatever it was. And the value in having that where it's like, it's shorthand. It's knowing McDaniels system is in it, it, he didn't call it complicated or anything, but he just talked about the importance of being in it. And it makes me think to, you know, a lot of things that people would say about car, like he had all these different coordinators and all these different things, people coming, all these different things he had to learn and all that. QB Jeff will tell you that. Like, it's not easy. Like it's like learning oh, a new totally. language. It's not easy to learn all that stuff. So it is important to, to have time in the system. So that's why you're, there's so much talk about, well, they'll bring in someone that, already has time in the system. But anyways, point being though, is that Josh McDaniels' system takes some time. So if we're hearing it from the likes of Jarrett Stidham, the likes of Tom Brady, the likes of even Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett or Mac Jones or anybody else that has played 
in Josh McDaniels' system, I'm sorry, Raider Nation, I trust their opinion more than yours and more than mine. Sure. If they're the ones saying that it's time in. Now, that may not sit great with us as Raider fans because we want it right now. Right. Like, we want to win now. I don't want to win two years from now. I want us to win now. So I'm not as invested in like, well, let's just bring in somebody and groom them and get familiar in the system. And then maybe in three years, we'll win a playoff game. I'm not down with that either. But I think that the, the, the point being, or the more overriding point is that you have to be patient. And I hate that goddamn word because we do not, I mean, we don't deserve anything in life, but we don't deserve to have to be patient. Like not anymore. We, not anymore. We deserve immediacy in this freaking fandom yeah because we've been patient for a long 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 time right. you know and that the times that we did feel like we had a swing you know at the fence we freaking you know crashed and burned because of injuries you know so sure um so i understand why why raider fan is not default like oh no let's just let's just you know oh yeah let's let them cook let's see where this thing goes and it got but at the same time right we we have to really think with a with a broader scope a longer vision for what this thing can turn into and listen i'm much more interested in a team with a quarterback coordinator and a coach and an owner that can develop a winning organization year in year out for 17 years 20 years whatever there you go the other thing stidham was talking about he goes you look at the teams that are good year in year out and the consistency in which they had that's what they're trying to turn the Raiders into. That's yeah. what that's what they said. They want they want us to be like New England. They want us to be like Pittsburgh. They want us to be like now Kansas City. Right. They want us to be like these teams where it's not a Rams situation where they come in, blow it out, win a Super Bowl. Granted, that was sure it was nice as a Ram fan to win a Super Bowl that first year in LA, but that's not what they're doing. They're it's a long-term vision is what they're doing here with right. the Raiders. And so Again, I understand some of you may not like it and and more power to you. I get it. You know, sometimes I don't, we don't like it. Sometimes we don't like it either, but I get it. So yeah. even though I may not like it as much, I get it. So I'm like, well, all right, I get it. So I can't do anything about it. Right. I can get on the microphone and bitch about it for 20 minutes. Right. Or I can just accept it and try to find the bright side. Absolutely. So, you know, so so back to that that QB room that, that that we were talking about right there with Stidham, you know, one of the things that he talked about that I thought was really interesting was how he uh, he was talking about his relationship with Derek and stuff like that. You know, what was that like coming in, all that kind of stuff. And 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 he was very complimentary of Derek, talking about, you know, well, he yeah. helped me do a lot of this, but I helped him too. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew this system. I was the pro in this. So I kind of was like, hey. This is how you need to study this. This is how you need to do it and all that kind of stuff. And like what he said in McDaniel's offense, you really just need time to like fully learn it. And it doesn't happen in just a year. You know, it's a lot more difficult, I'm sure, if you have a quarterback in your room that's QB1 trying to learn that system that also has five other systems still rolling around in their right, head. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, so it wouldn't shock me to see them go get a guy like Aaron Rodgers who has had two playbooks, his you know, most of his career, whatever, you know, and it wouldn't shock me too. It would not shock me. And I, we've never talked about this, Okay, but it would not shock me if we picked two quarterbacks in this next draft. Uh, Yeah. I'm with you a high rounder and a low rounder. If you, if you go get CJ Stroud and Hendon hooker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the first and the fourth or something like that. I think I would be all about that. I'd be all about that just because 
you know, you give these guys opportunities to learn this system, to learn what Raider football is all about, and you give them two years. And they fight it out and they duke it out and you let, you know, if you want to let Stidham come in and start some whatever and help these other guys. And then if Hooker gets it and Stroud doesn't, then trade his ass away or just let him walk after his rookie contract, whatever. But, you know, but you're taking swings. So, you know, it would not shock me to see something crazy like that happen. And I'm for it. You know, I mean, because you have to. You have to take swings at quarterback now. Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. You have to. I saw somebody had a tweet the other day. It was like, there's five situations. I I'm hope I can remember this off the top of my head. There's five situations in the NFL when it comes to quarterback. Teams that have Patrick Mahomes. Right. right? So there's one. Teams that have quarterbacks on rookie contracts that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. So Joe Burrow. Yep. Teams with high-priced quarterbacks that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. So I, who would you put in there? I would put... Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then you have... Um, teams with, oh shoot, there was one more in there. And then it was number five, I believe was teams paying f- overpaying, overpaying for, for, for average, average quarterbacks. quarterbacks. So there's your Kirk cousins. There's your former Raider situation. There's your Dak Prescott. There's mm-hmm. your Ryan Tannehill. Ryan T- there you, you go. Know, you know all I mean? that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So there's, and so you want to be in the top two buckets. So, you know, like we talked a lot about on this show about the value of a rookie contract, you know, you, you know, it's, there is a way to pay a lot for a quarterback. The, the definitive thing to, to where it goes away from the formula of the, of the cube of the rookie quarterback is that you have a superstar, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have an all world player, Tom Brady, whatever, then it's. It makes sense. Right. But those exceptions are so few. Right. Give me the broader formula. Oh, 100%. That's where I'm at. Give me the, 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 the you know, rookie quarterback. The thing is, though, you got to draft your ass off. You got to draft your ass off in any of those scenarios. So it's really important for the Raiders to do that. All right. Um, it's good stuff to swag, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, and I'm with you on the on swinging on multiple court QBs. Fucking bring them all in. Just keep bringing in guys yeah. until you hit your superstar because that's what we have to have. Yeah. You know, we got to remember got what the to. bar is and the bar is Patrick Mahomes. And until we can beat him twice a year, then it doesn't matter what the hell we do. And mm-hmm. it starts a quarterback. All right. Um, we need to get out of here. Yeah. We need to get out of here. All right. Yeah. We'll save our trivia thing for next time. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. No, let's do it now. Let's I do mean, it now. You good? Take 10 minutes. Yeah. We'll take 10 minutes. Take 10 minutes. This will be fun. Hit a break. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. All right, so uh, this is fun. So before the show started, so it's it's funny, and when we do these podcasts, um, we sit around and end up talking. We, we try not to talk about the Raiders because we save our Raider talk for right. when, when we get on the microphones. Um, but Jeff and I sit around and chop it up about the NFL all the time and just sports in general, but, but mostly about the NFL. And for whatever reason, something popped into my head today. And I was thinking about, there used to be a really cool trivia question that was so very Raiders centric, but it's an NFL trivia question. And, um, and so I'm going to ask Jeff the question again, because there's a lot to remember. Yeah. And I'm going to challenge you Raider nation as you play along with us here and see how many of these, you know. Um, so to give you an idea, um, there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine schools that have had, two starting quarterbacks 
in, in the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, you have LSU with Burrow and Woodley. Georgia is, is uh, Fran Tarkington and Matt Stafford. Washington State is uh, Drew Bledsoe and Mark Rippon. BYU is McMahon and Young. Uh, Boston College is Ryan and Hasselbeck. Uh, Maryland is uh, Boomer Esiason and Neil O'Donnell. Delaware, Joe Flacco, Rich Gannon. Uh, Stanford, Jim Plunkett. Yep. And John Elway. Yep. All right. And then UCLA rounds it out with Aikman and Kilmer. Here's where the fun started. Okay. The trivia question used to be, there are three schools that have produced three starting quarterbacks. Well, when I used to have that trivia question rolling around in my head 20 years ago, that was all there was. It was three schools. They were all tied with three. Uh, and the reason that I remembered it is because it's Purdue, Notre Dame, and Alabama. Right. Okay. Well, since then, mm-hmm. it's now gone up to where there's, Yes, there's the ones with two. Yes, there's the three with three. But now there's one school with five. Right. And it's a school you never would think of that it would have produced this many starting quarterbacks in the in the in the Super Bowl. All right. So I gave you all the ones that have two, Raider Nation. All right. So play along with swag here and see if you can guess three schools that have produced three starting, not winning, three starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. So school number one is Purdue. Do you remember who they are? Uh, yeah, that'd be, uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, uh, greasy, Bob greasy for yep. the dolphins. Yep. And uh, it's okay that you forgot him. Cause he's a chief. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, uh, uh, uh Lenny Dawson. Lenny Dawson. There yeah. you go. All right. So Purdue produces three breeze Dawson and Bob greasy. All right. Notre Dame. Right. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Notre Dame produced three starting quarterbacks in the of Super course. Bowl. Swag Jeff, who are they? Yeah, it's uh, Theismann. Joe Th- Theismann. Theismann. He changed his oh, name yes. to Heisman because it rhymes with Heisman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, was it um, uh, Montana, right? Joe Montanalo, as my Uncle Murph used to call him, because he looks just like Barry Manilow. Yep, and then one of our favorites. And then the Mad the Bomber. The Mad Bomber. Hanging up right there behind there you. you. Go. Old Daryl Pasquale La Monica That's over there. It. Uh, rest in peace. All right. And then, uh, so here's, we're going to continue with the Raider theme. Okay. Uh, well, I just gave it away to, to a lot of you. Uh, the third school is Alabama. Right. That have had three starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Swag Jeff, who do you got? Well, of course you got snake snake stabler, man. You got Boom. snake. Um, uh, oh man. We've talked a million uh, names yes, today. Yes, you did. I know. Um, uh, well, one of them I'm going to kick myself for. You're going to um, kick yourself in the nuts on both of them. Okay, good. Yeah. Go. Uh, Joe Namath. Oh, of course. Namath yeah. and, uh, and, um, do uh, it. You got it. Who was the other one from way back when? Won the first two Super Bowls. Right. Oh, Bart Starr. Bart Starr. There you go. Yeah. All right. Bart Starr. So what a run for Bama quarterbacks in the, in the, in the 60s, 60s yeah. man. You know, and going into the 70s, I guess, really in that 10 year span, because the Super Bowl started in 66. So from 66 to 76, um, Star won two and Namath won one and Stabler won one. Yep. Pretty and big. they let another one walk away this past year with uh with Jalen Hurts. That's right. They would have they yeah. would have had they would have been that and they are the only school that is all their starting quarterbacks won their games. Right. So yes. if Jalen Hurts would have now then they're now um Bama's had four. Yeah. So well, no, 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 because he's Oklahoma. He doesn't right. count. Yeah. Never mind. He would have counted, yeah. He would have counted if he would have stayed Alabama. All right. And then the last school. So I get Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no one's gonna get this. Uh-uh. This no. is this is where Raider Nation, if you want to crush somebody at a bar sometime on trivia, when you gotta can't use your phone, can't Google anything, you wanna crush somebody on some trivia, 
Ask him who the only school that has produced five starting quarterbacks in the NFL and then name them. Yeah. You'll, you'll win money every time. Yeah, well, out in Berkeley, that is uh, that is Cal. It's Cal! Cal has five Super Bowl starting quarterbacks. Uh, of course, one that might be future Raider, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, and the only one, I'm forgive this a little hint to everybody, he's the only one that's won. Right. So they're the opposite of Alabama. All the Alabama quarterbacks have won None of them from Cal have won except Aaron Rodgers. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, and starting with the most recent, um, Jared Goff. Jared Goff for the yep. L.A. Rams, absolutely. Yep. And I can't remember the other three. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's random. Because so it's random. There's another L.A. Ram. Right, yes. Remember him? Uh, 79 Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was only, yeah, that was nine years before I was born. So uh, my, the name is slipping my mind. He's a Dago. He's a Paisan. Vince Ferragamo. Oh, Ferragamo. Yeah, right, right, Vince right, 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 right. Ferragamo. All right. And then you got to go back to the uh, the first Viking Super Bowl pre-Francis Tarkington is the one and only Joe Cap. Yes, Cap. Joe yes. Cap. And then your last one is a stupid donkey that got punked in the freaking Super Bowl against the Cowboys in which we should have been in in 77, but we didn't go because the Rob Lytle non-fumble. Anybody that bitches about the tuck rule over the non-fumble, you're doing your Raider fandom wrong. That's the one that cost us a championship. Um, it's Craig Morton for the freaking stupid there you go. Bronco. There you go. Well, that was fun. I'd never tell anybody how to fan their fandom, but look up the Rob Lytle non-fumble. There you go. Tatum blasts him at the freaking line of scrimmage, fumble, and they go, nope, he was down. Really? Yeah. So bad. It was so egregious. You never heard this story? Uh-uh. It was so egregious that years later, the referees, the officials in that game approached Madden at an event and said, we're sorry, we got it wrong. And Madden, wow. And Madden was like, doesn't give me a trophy. Like, right. basically, he was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and Matt's thanks, not but a dick, F you. But yeah, thanks, but F you. Yeah, because we would have waxed the freaking Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. The Rogers, the Rogers Starbuck Cowboys. Uh -huh. They weren't that great. Right. And freaking, yeah, but we lost the freaking Yeah, gross. Anyways, all right, let's get out of here. Thank you, Raider Nation. Appreciate you guys very, very much for joining us tonight. Uh, we love you so very much. We love you and, and appreciate your support of the One Nation Foundation. Please go to onenationfoundation.net, onenationfoundation.net. Hit the donate button. It takes you to a PayPal site. 100% of that money goes straight to the foundation. No cut from Google or anything else. Uh, so we appreciate that. Or if you want to check out any of our merch, go to raidersfanradio.com slash gear. Hit the button there that will take you to Public. and anything you buy, any of that, that merch money we make, goes straight to the foundation. So thank you guys very, very much for your support. We will see you. We're going to have some interviews and stuff going on this week, I think. Yeah. Some RFR conversations. So we'll be around, uh, but we'll see you for sure on the 15th for RFR proper. Love you guys. Peace. Oh, goodbye. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, all, the, all the members, boys and girls in the chat. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Uh, start pulling your money. Start saving your lunch money. All that kind of stuff. Because we got this on March fifteenth. So start of the start of the new league year is the start of the springtime of swag. So get you some of that, man. Uh, thanks everyone. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Uh, like, subscribe, tell a friend. All that good stuff. Buy the merch. Do all the things. There you go. See you in a couple weeks. Well, we'll see you sooner than that. We'll see you soon. We'll see you when we see you, right? We get our buddy uh, wasted in. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you, bye. Goodbye, YouTube. Goodbye. Goodbye.